Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most procedurally generated podcast network. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of All the Small Games. My name is Andrew Levins. I am Jonathan Valenzuela. And together we form the hosts of this indie game podcast. <laughs> the Voltron-like host of John is the, the legs. <laughs> I'm the upper parts. <laughs> um, nice. Shall I was like, oh, I can't wait to see where John takes this riff. I went nowhere. Um... Because you, you're, you're excited to talk about games. That's oh, what, that, always. You're like, stop, always. stop this meandering bullshit you do every episode, Levins. Yeah. We're, we're, we've just walked onto this, onto this ship. Everyone's dead. And it's up to us to find out who, how, who these people were and how they died. Is that yeah, what this game is about? that's pretty much. If you haven't twigged, we're, reto- we're talking we're about, about Super of- Mario Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're talking about Return of the Obra Dinn, which uh, has been out on Steam on personal computer for quite a while. I think it's on Mac too, because it is yeah, a, a so Mac-ass looking game. About a year. Um, it's been out. It was initially released 18th of October 2018, but it came to the Nintendo Switch... Uh, if you listened to last episode, we're back on the Switch again. Hooray! <laughs> um, yeah, it came Friendship the- ended with PS4. <laughs> now Switch is my best friend again. Um, yeah, it came out on the Switch literally a year. Like a year to the day it took for them to, to port that. Um, I picked it up. I've, I've dived in on it. I've been really excited for this because I've seen nothing but good things. It made like... So many Best end of year lists yeah, last in year. 2018. It was that one game I was like, oh, fuck, do I want to try and play this on, on, on my computer, even though I like, you know, canonically hate playing games yeah. on my computer. Um, but I, I, we knew that a port was coming at some point. Yes, surely. It was, surely they'll it put was it on definitely, Switch. It was one of those games where it's like, it is insane if the developer doesn't uh, port this over. Uh, speaking of the developer, it was developed by Lucas Pope, who is the brains behind the other wildly popular... Um, Papers, Please. The also wildly popular Papers, Please. Um, which I haven't played, but I've seen bits and pieces of, and it looks looks great, but very stressful. Like I would. Papers, please. Yeah, I've I've played a few hours of it on on my on my computer. Yeah, I'm I'm too much of a softy to be a hard nosed border guard. <laughs> but um, we're you not. Gotta, you got to learn those things about you at some point. Yeah, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Return of Obra Dinn. So it's a it's a first person puzzle game where you play a character who has been. Sent to uh, an uh, like this all takes place in like the 1800s. Sent to this sailing ship, the Oberdin, 
buy an insurance company to find out what the fuck happened on what this happened? shit. What happened? Yeah. Um, so you kind of, but but you have this this artifact with you, which is essentially like a pocket watch that allows you, like, if you whenever you get close to a dead body, you pull out the pocket watch, and when you activate it, it gives you a short audio snippet of what happened in the lead up to the corpse's death, and then presents you with this this tableau this like still scene showing the moment of death so what you need to do is kind of look around these scenes uh investigate with the aim of finding out what happened to everybody on the ship and who these people are it's it's often quite easy to work out how they died because you see it right there like the very first death you see a guy's getting fucking shot through the throat like cool. it's not hard to mix that up with anything else. That's the, that's that's the way I want to go. Yeah, but number it, one, <laughs> shot through the throat. shot through the throat, and you're to blame. You give number th- two, you give throats a bad name. Number two, eating too much. Right. Number three, eating too little. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll remember that when the time <laughs> comes. Midway through eating too much, you get shot through the throat. Two for one. Bonanza. <laughs> um, so yeah, working working out the death is often quite simple not all the time sometimes you're like well he's missing a leg but how did he lose the leg what's what's going on here uh the difficult part is working out who each person is because you almost have only the little snippet of audio to try figure out clues about this person's identity so there there are some there are some visual hints that help like you go through the you go through the kind of passenger log of the ship and the crew log, and you can see like, oh, this sailor is uh, Indian, and there's only one like person on this ship I've seen wearing a turban, so that's probably the Indian person, or like that kind of thing. Or you can tell from their accents or the language they're speaking in during the little audio. Sure, but it's still very difficult to pinpoint like, oh yes, that's the so, like. Do so you have like a, you have a photo of the crew? Of everyone, you or? have you have like a there is a, a a like a picture that's been drawn of the crew right by an onboard artist, um, and it it it's sort of the game the game kind of helps you a little bit. And when you hover over each of the people, it brings up a little portrait of them, which is taken from that image. If the portrait's blurry, you don't have enough clues to work out who they are yet. If right. the portrait is in focus, you should be able to work out based on clues who that person is. Oh, that's cool. I have a bunch of people who are in focus and I'm like, I don't know who the fuck you are. I think it's one of those things because there's like... You don't even go here. You're essentially, you're filling out a book as you go and the book has like eight or nine sections with each death kind of recorded in in chronological order, the book order. fills it automatically as the you book, get the clue. The, yeah, the book fills that's automatically. A, that's a dream. Really, all you all you need to do is is when it brings up the 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 kind of a, the the section of the book that deals with each deceased person, you need to go this like pick who they are on the crew log, and then pick how they died from a variety of death options that are given to you. And sometimes it's like. There are a bunch of people where it's like they were shot by a gun and then it'll be like, right, well, who shot them? And that's like, oh God, a whole other thing I need to figure yeah, out sure. now. Like the first, the first corpse I investigated, the guy who got shot through the throat, very easy to go, shot. And then it's like, by whom? Well, I don't know who this person His is. His own throat. Yeah. <laughs> it was an inside job. The gun is coming from within the <laughs> neck. Um, but it took me until I was investigating like the fifth corpse I found 
to figure out who that first person was and who the person was that oh, shot them. Yeah, right. So it's really like you you build incrementally on all the information you find. It's really cool. Like it's 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 the sort of game where I'm like I haven't played anything like this before. Like this guy is great at working out awesome new game mechanics. Um, I have so far resisted the temptation to go online and mm-hmm. try and get help. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff where I'm just like who I don't know how I'm going to figure out. Because there are certain scenes where it's like, all you hear is the sound of a struggle. No one talks. No one uses anyone's name on this fucking shit. Well, that would make your job a lot easier. Yeah, exactly. Um, So yeah, at the moment, I'm very much resistant to like going online, but I feel like maybe once I've discovered everything in there, it's going to become a case of, damn it, I've got three more people. Oh, that's another thing. Like Initially, when you put in your, your... your kind of guess of what happened, like the person who it is and their name, it's handwritten in the book. But every three, every three entries you get correct or every three fates you get correct, as they call it, it, it properly prints them in the book. So like typeset. So it's very like, it's so good when you get that, that like notification of like, you got three fates correct. And then goes through them and puts them in the book. You're like, oh, thank God. Okay, I can stop second-guessing myself on all this work I've done so far. That's so fun, though. Yeah, it's really like... it's Because it, it would be... If it did it individually, you'd just brute force your way through it. Um, so I think that's a really good decision on a game design point of view to do mm-hmm. like in, in, in triplets or whatever. Um, yeah, I if, if, if you haven't played this, if you didn't dive in on PC and you have a Switch, by... Golly, get it. I've read it described as murder Sudoku. Yeah, murder logic puzzle made maybe. Sure. Um I thought it hasn't got as good a ring to it, you no, have to admit. Murdoku. Um, murder Sudoku, that's number four on my list. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to go. <laughs> yeah. But it's also like the story, because you're almost you're uncovering this story backwards. And the first kind of bit I uncovered, I'm like, okay, so it's a mute it's your standard kind of mutiny, the crew's revolted the captain's killing the last few crew members kind of thing. And then then like and then I started like hopped to an, the next chapter through my investigation and like pulled my clock out and started the scene and there's all this crazy shit happening and then when it snaps to this this kind of still scene you wander through there's giant fucking tentacles everywhere. Like there's a huge squid attacking the oh, shit. Fantastic. And I'm like this is wild. What's going on? <laughs> And then the chapter before that, I'm like, okay, what's happening now? There's weird-looking people riding giant crabs all over the ship. And I'm like, what is happening on this boat? Um, yeah, so it's it's definitely one of those things where I'm like, I need to find out what the fuck has happened on That's this great. ship. This is insane. That's awesome. Yeah. I had no idea there was all that supernatural stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neither did I. I thought it was fairly straightforward, but it's it's crazy. That That's, like, that. That's the hook I needed. There's like mermaids and Chinese magic. and Chinese <laughs> magic? Yeah. The best That's kind. number five. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, that's Return of the Oberdin. It's yep. available. Is it? It's on all the other consoles too, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. it's got Switch, PlayStation Four, Microsoft Windows, Xbox One, Mac. Um, yeah, Lucas Pope, designed by Lucas Pope. On your Popey. On your. Uh, so I too am playing a game that after um, many years of being well, a lot longer than uh, Oberdin was, but yeah, after being on uh, other consoles and other and PC for a long time, has finally made its. Uh, it's, it's entrance to the Switch market, and that is a game called the, A Hat in Time. Mm. This is a game that I actually bought many years ago on PlayStation 4. Um, it's a uh, Kickstarter-funded 3D platformer. 
Um, and it was uh, made by a team called Gears for Breakfast. Mm. Um, you and pronounced it. What's that? You yeah, yeah. pronounced it right. Yeah, th- 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 that's the Russian that I can set my watch to. Gears for Breakfast, that's my number one way of doing it. <laughs> that will kill you good, actually. Oh, yeah, easy. Um, so uh, all I've done so far as a team is uh, had in time and then it's follow-up DLC, a seal the deal, which is included in this uh, Switch version. I will say it's the same we had with Ori a couple of weeks ago. I like that when these games finally get to Switch, it's often the definitive edition well, that actually, you're getting. Well, you, actually, you do have to pay for the DLC. Oh, really? But you can, it does exist. Okay. It is there. Um, and so, yeah, the Gears for Breakfast are a Denmark team. Um, and this, this game, I guess, got a lot of kind of love because it was kickstarted at the same time as... Um, a game that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, um, and that is uh, Ukulele. Right. Uh, Ukulele, a game made by Platonic, containing a lot of uh, a group containing a lot of devs who worked on um, Banjo Kazooie, and they were like, "We're making the spiritual successor to, to Ukulele," and um, that game was like, by all accounts, like fine, um, but maybe didn't modernize the 3D platformer in a way that they probably should have. Right. Whereas uh, Hat in Time, like uh, Ukulele, got. I think over, well over a million, perhaps millions of dollars uh, on on their their kick, Kickstarter. Okay. Where um, had in time only got a few hundred thousand, a paltry few hundred thousand, John. Uh, pittance. What are you supposed to do with that? Uh, make hats. Just make Tetris <laughs> and, again. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, imagine big budget Tetris. Oof, that'd be great. <laughs> I think didn't they? There's like a Tetris movie coming out. Yeah, they've optioned a Tetris movie, and they kind of do they make that they made that Tetris VR game. Yes. Which is technically a small game because it was made by that dude who made a Japanese dude that makes all those weird little puzzle games. Okay. Um, I should play that. I have that. Yeah. You don't Tetris 99? No, no. That's, no. that's the Switch one. What was oh, it? Right, right, yeah. Tetris Effect. Yes. yes. Last year. A lot of people love that one too. Anyway, enough about falling <laughs> blocks. A Hat in Time uh, is for the first like half an hour... One of the ugliest games I've ever played. Really? But I know it gets good. I know lots of people love it, so you stick with it. Because this game is a love letter to the GameCube era, and it looks like a game from the GameCube era. Uh, I don't love the designs, um, but there is this, like... There's something really, really... There's something really, I don't know, endearing about how kind of shit things look. Right. (laughs) And, like... So you play a girl who's in a spaceship and a, ma- a mafia member of the mafia crashes into the, your spaceship and says, you need to pay up and then breaks your window. And then you and all of the time fuel that your, that your spaceship runs off fly all over the space. And then you crash land on mafia world, <laughs> mafia town, mafia, whatever. It's a big planet just full of like Maf- Russian mafia, mafia people. Like, it's like, yeah, like, like very broad stereotype of like you know little girl, yeah. give me your money yeah. kind of thing. So uh, what what Mars will be in twenty forty? That's exactly like, fingers crossed. Um, and uh, you have to basically do a bunch of like Mario sixty four esque missions where you've got to like either fight someone or like do some platforming, and your goal is to get this this like you know hourglass icon. Um, yeah. Replacing what a star would be in Mario 64 okay. And once you get it you, you, You've beaten the level That part of the level And then you return to the ship But like Mario 64 You know there's like Nine stars or whatever In each of the levels sure. uh, And so each one of them Is tied to a different m- mission Within that level Right um, So I've played through All of the Mafia um, Mafia After the, the last Mafia World mission um, Like it's like Like a, a planet I guess So I've played Played through all of the Um the Mafia world once. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's cool about it is that um, the whole world, 
just like um, Mario 64 was, no matter which mission you select, the whole you can access the entire world. So like the whole, entire like mafia world is like this open world that you can just go back in and explore everything on, even though you're doing one particular mission inside of it. Okay. Um, and so like as you get more powers, basically you you find like pieces like balls of wool, and then the wool you can make new hats with, and the new hats grant you different powers, mm-hmm. like super speed or something like that. Okay. Um, one hat, the main hat you get at the start is a hat that um. When you hold down the left trigger, it sends you in. It like points you towards the direction of where you need to go for your next goal. Right. Okay. Um, exactly. And uh, there's like there's, there's heaps of things to do, enemies to fight, things to unlock, things you can't access at first until you get new powers that allow you to open them. Sounds Metroidvania to me, Ooh, John. Boy. Um, Big but uh, like like it is. It is not the most appealing game when you start it, but as you play more and more, it gets. Like I'm, I'm absolutely going to 100 percent this game. Right. Okay. Uh, it, I'm, I'm, I'm really you know, hooked. Do you know what percentage you're up to now? I'm very, very early in. I've only right, played okay. like an hour or two. Sure. Um, I, I only played. I, the reason I stopped playing on PlayStation Four, I got it pretty early, pretty soon before the Switch came out, and I was like, oh yeah, I really like this. This is exactly the kind of game that I want to play right now. But it's the kind of game that I want to play right now on the Switch because sure. it doesn't look. It didn't. It doesn't look like a game that I want to play on my television. You, you don't need a big old UHD. That's screen. right. But playing it on handheld is like is perfect for it, especially the the kind of bite sized mission structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you can just go get one of these hourglasses and then that's it. Yeah, you know, you're done. You can go play something else. You can go honk at some people in the Goose Game. Nice. Um, I uh, I really like it. It's really good. I don't, I, and the music's really, really charming. That's the thing. You know what? For as ugly as it is and for as glitchy as this Switch port is, which is, yeah. I think, by far the glitchiest Switch port I've Shit. ever okay. played. Like the, the loading time has like a, you know, like it'll have a title screen of Hat in Time with like, or, or each, each, each mission has its own title screen. And so that... Wait, you have that lingering for like 30 seconds with the music playing then the music just goes away and you just have this still image of the title screen for like 10 to another 30 seconds while you're just waiting for this level to Damn. load up loading times are the worst and then uh, there'll be like frame glitches like where it will like run down to a crawl and then your kind of character is like only for small moments of time but like you know it does take your there's enough enjoyment to find this game that you forgive those moments, basically. I, I hope to God that it gets patched soon. Right. Uh, and I imagine that a lot of the difficulties came from this being uh, a game that was made on the Unreal 3 engine. Sure. And the Switch only uses, only runs the Unreal 4 <laughs> engine. So yeah. they've had to upscale this to a new engine. And of course, it's going to come with its problems. So, I mean, of that course. is to be forgiven. The heart of the game is so pure and so good. And like as someone that grew up with 3D platformers, you know, I'm particularly fond of the Nintendo 64 era and the GameCube era of platformers. It's so fun playing one that, yes, it feels like those games used to, but it does enough fun modern things that it doesn't feel like a game that was on the GameCube. Right, okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I really recommend it. But also it has me going, would I actually like Ukulele? Is that a game that I should one day just purchase and, and see if I like, like on, the, on, first, on the Switch? The first one. The first one, because I am liking Ukulele and the Impossible Air. Okay. My list of games that I need to try and finish before the end of the year is enormous. Yeah, I've got, I've got a bunch of mine as well. So it happens when I always want to talk about that new shit on the show. Yeah. Um. It was uh this was a game that I would like was like a reward to me because I've had over the last few weeks been moving house and I mean you know we had we we, we skipped a week of the, of the podcast um Shh, I no we didn't <laughs> that week just didn't exist in the yeah. in no no one had that week yeah um but uh 
this was like, okay, don't worry. Once you unpack this room and then we're going to sand that floor and then we're going to paint that wall. And then tonight, once you've exercised, cleaned up after the kids and made lunches for the next day, then we're going to play one minute of a hat in time before you pass out. And you'll fall asleep yeah, 30 exactly. seconds in. Um, um, but it's, 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 a, it's a really, like, I, w- I would now go as far to say it's actually a gorgeous game. Okay. It just, you, you, it just, you, it is really, really unappealing at first. The way right. the, the camera is, the way uh, the, the, the mechanics of the character are kind of, like, awkward at first, and it, yeah. it, it looks like shit to begin with. But then very quickly you get used to that art style, used to that style of game, and uh, the charm starts to rub off on you. Uh, I, I have a cold at the moment, so my brain is just misfiring. So I totally forgot with Oberdin. You were t- just talking then. It reminded me of two things. Music in Oberdin is really fun. Mm-hmm. Whenever you open an investigation, it's well, got yeah, this like, like, really tense m- kind of Going like, to make a point of always bringing up the music in games oh, now. Oh, hell just yeah. To, just to prove to me that yeah. you're listening. But it's whenever you open, like whenever you start investigating a corpse, it has this like really kind of tense string hit that's like, dun, 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 bum, and you're like, oh, the game's afoot. Let's do this. <laughs> um, and the the art style, which is which is one of the really unique things about it, is it looks like an old uh, Macintosh game. Yeah, that's right. But if you go in the options, you can actually cycle between different obsolete bits of computer technology. So you can do like early IBM early like zenith like and it changes the kind of colors or, mainly yeah. mainly the colors sometimes the sharpness that you're dealing with or the amount of shading that it has but it's a really interesting kind that's of, great like nice thing to include definitely and speaking of you you were talking about had in time being one of the buggiest games you played on switch do you have a bloodstained ritual of the night update have they, you, have they, you, still, they still haven't patched it. They really haven't yeah, patched yeah. it yet. I'm now like, that's do I want to just try and just go back and that's ridiculous. push my it, way through the, 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 the lag? Because that's on Game Pass as well. And well like, apparently the Xbox version is incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm you should just absolutely like, play it. It's definitely, I saw it and was like, shit, that's something I should go in on yeah. like, for Game Pass. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Um, so another game that I've been enjoying over the last... I'll do two quick ones because they're both Apple Arcade. Quick it up, my bust, bro. Bust some quick ones out. One of them <laughs> is... Um, dirty um skate city which we mentioned uh the first day that we talked about apple arcade um i'd had like a 10 minute taste and it, it sort of yeah, like, that was like a fever dream of an episode y- yeah it didn't really there's all these games and here's all of them and it's 90 other games oh my gosh <gasps> yeah. um no i'm a frog no i'm a skater no i'm a uh, <laughs> no i'm a frog on a skateboard <laughs> now i'm a skateboard riding a frog what the fuck is going on um it was i'd, I'd tasted i'd had like 10 minutes and it didn't really like at the time it didn't because you know it's by the guys that did Alto's Adventure. I had an Alto's Odyssey. I had huge expectations for it. I'd seen it being plugged during development so much. When I first went in on it, I was like, no, "This isn't really catching me. It's not what I thought it was going to be." Um, it turns out that you can like you can upgrade the skills of your skater once mm-hmm. you earn enough currency, and once you start upgrading your skater, the game actually becomes like a lot more fun in that you can do kind of like. You have this, you, you, you know, you can go faster and you can jump higher and you can grind for longer and that kind of stuff. Yep. Each of the levels has like a shit ton of challenges you can go through. And like the challenges range from like you're racing someone, so you have to beat them, but you also have to earn a high score. Or it'll be like you have to do a line. So there'll be circles on the ground and you have to do a particular trick within each circle yep. to just high score challenges, that kind of thing. There's also Endless Skate, but within Endless Skate, there's a bunch of things for you to tick off in that as well. So it'll be like, do this particular trick or do this trick downstairs or do a manual across this thing. If it's if you like skating games, it's the perfect thing of like... Because that's what Tony Hawk's Pro Skater was. Yeah, it of course. It was just yeah. ticking off items on a list as you go along. Can you play a Spider-Man though? No, sadly. Um, although I did give my character long grey hair in a ponytail to make him look like Geralt from The Witcher um, or Geralt from The Witcher so there's that I guess um, did you play as Little Wayne in one of the Tony Hawk games no I don't think so it was like a, you played as Darth Maul is that close <laughs> um, but yeah I'm, I'm, I've been really enjoying Skate City now that I've dived in on it a bit longer it's, it's great for like I'll pick it up I'll play for 5 to 10 minutes and then be on my merry way essentially yeah that's, like, which is what yeah. Some phone games should be. be. Beautiful for phone games. Uh, the other one that I've been playing and um, enjoying is uh, Mutazione. So Mutazione is... Bless you. Um, <laughs> well, thank you. It's by a developer called Digut Fabric, which I'm Bless guessing you. makes... The- <laughs> I feel so blessed in this episode. <laughs> which I guess uh, is a German... Um, German developer based on the name uh, published by Akupara Games it's out on PlayStation 4 Windows iOS uh, Mac (laughs) Um, so it's an adventure game uh, where you are this 15 year old girl called Kai who's come to this community called Mutazione how do you spell Mutazione? M-U-T-A-Z-I-O-N-E so You've come to essentially reconnect with your grandfather who's on his deathbed. 
Oh, what the fuck? This game? Yeah. I remember seeing this in like in Nindy videos and PS4 videos. Yeah, I think it, it's it's insane if it doesn't come... I, I, we say that about everything, but it probably should come to Switch. Um, it, it's so, on Apple Arcade? Yeah. That's awesome. It was like launch... launch it's just, oh, there's so many games on there. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. Um, so you go to this, this community called Mutazione and you discover as you kind of continue playing the, like... The thing about Mutazione is it has mutants live there. Like, you know, they, they kind of are roughly shaped like human beings, but they might look completely different sort of thing. And you uncover over time that this is due to uh, a, an asteroid called the Moon Dragon mm-hmm. hitting it. It used to be like a resort community, and then this asteroid hit, and it resulted in all these mutations. And so this community essentially got like exiled from the rest of the world that's full of humans. So you've come to visit your grandfather who's on his deathbed. It reminds me very much of like uh, like a night in the woods in that it has this day-night cycle and you have things you need to achieve during this day-night cycle. So if you wanted to, you could go, you could read your diary, find out what you need to do and go straight to where you need to do and do it. Sure. Or each day you can wander around town and have conversations with everybody. Um just to get more story and like more character development on all these people. Um, and then go and take care of the thing you need to take care of. Like it's up to you how quickly you want to play the game or how, how slow there is a gardening element to it, which is, I haven't, I've done the first kind of round of gardening. I haven't gone much further into it. Um, it's, it's weird and not very well explained, and they explain kind of in the plot why it's not very well explained. Like your grandfather wants you to do this gardening, and but he had to learn by just doing it, so you have to learn by just doing it. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting. It's beautiful art style. Would you compare it to like a Night in the Woods style story game, or is it more like it's? A- it's definitely like it's Night in the Woods style story game meets a point and click adventure. Okay, like it cool. doesn't it doesn't have the platforming elements that Night in the right. Woods does. Okay, um, and definitely similar kind of approach to dialogue, where it's not about like most point and click adventure games are about getting as much information as clues as you as you can. This is more about. You pick what you want to talk about and the conversation continues. You don't loop back to cho- to get to choose the other option. It's just that natural kind of style of conversation. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it's got a like very cool kind of soundtrack at parts. Some like obviously as you wander from scene to scene, the music changes. Uh, yeah, I'm if if you've got Apple Arcade and you, you love a nice adventure game that's <coughs> that's got kind of personality and emotion in it, mm-hmm. definitely check it out. It's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Cool, that is uh, it for our games reviews this week. We have a little email to read. Ooh, love an email. from uh, Monty. He says, hi guys, big fans of yours from London. Ooh, pip pip, cheerio. Wait, hold on, I need to edit it. Oh, damn it. What? P.S. If you read this on the podcast, could you call me Ethan, please? That is that, For that is my actual name. Is he, okay. saying, is he saying, don't call me Monty, like no one can know that I'm Monty, only call me Ethan? Or is it like... I'm very curious about the... Do I have to, do I have to bleep myself saying Monty? No. Okay, every time I said Monty, pretend I was saying Ethan. Yeah. Covered. Yeah. Hey guys, big fan of yours from London. For a large part of my life, I have been interested in video games. However, I suffer from what I call 
little brother syndrome, where growing up I've always been the one watching the game, not playing. This has resulted in me finding myself not being able to commit to playing games long enough to feel I got my money's worth. I own great games like Zelda Breath of the Wild and Wind Waker and classics like Mega Man X, yet none have I finished. My current favorite game is Minesweeper of all games, lol. What? Can you recommend a game that... It's a fucking good game. Sure. I love Minesweeper. Sure. When you successfully sweep those mines and you get sunglasses, (laughs) the best. Yeah. It's the only way to get sunglasses in this world. Uh, can you recommend a game that's such a hook for beginners? I have no choice but to be engulfed. That's such a hook for beginners that I have no choice to be engulfed in the experience. Thanks, guys, for the answer, and thanks for the great content. I would Ethan. say Ethan, not Monty. No, who's Monty? Who no. cares? Um, I would say. I mean, funnily enough, I'd almost like I'd first thing lean into Donut County. Not necessarily because, like, I, I love Donut County. Don't get me wrong, but I think just the fact that it's about a two-hour game. Yeah, I, I think like I think you could yeah. finish that in a sitting. It sounds like you do, you you want to get your money's worth, but you keep buying games that are expensive that require you to play them for like a hundred hours yeah. to fully explore that game. Whereas, like, it might just be like a time investment thing, or maybe you like living that, like, having that new thing to talk about each week. Which I get. Yeah. I have I have both of those. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, like starting small, getting rid of that, like. Money equals a certain amount of time. Yeah. Like you know, people are like, "Oh, you know, if I'm spending thirty dollars on a game, I want a minimum thirty hours a game. Like yeah. one dollar is equal to an hour of enjoyment or whatever." But some games are just smaller and 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 just a, a great little experience for you to yeah. enjoy. That you shouldn't put a time limit, like you know, time to money ratio on. Also, if you if you have the technology, get Apple Arcade. Like it's it's amazing how much like you pay seven ninety nine a month or whatever you pay in England I don't know yeah it sounds like he doesn't want too many choices twenty twenty pund um, but it's still I think squids I, yeah twenty squids. squids yeah I think it removes that it removes that feeling of like oh I have to enjoy this because I paid that amount for it plus if if attention span is a difficulty there's a ton of games on Apple Arcade that are all about. Just play for 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Totally. And And you'll return to those games over and over and over again. And cumulatively, you'll wind up playing it for hours, but it's never in one go. Um, You have a Switch. um, And if if your favorite game is Minesweeper and you love that game where it's this continued thing instead of this one story that you have to complete, um, what can I recommend? Luminez, um, which is a uh, Tetris-style game. Obviously, uh, maybe get Tetris 99. That's a game that you can get for free with your... uh, uh, Nintendo Switch Online that mm-hmm. also allows you to get a bunch of great SNES games as well. None of them are actually indie games, so maybe sure. just don't we tell us. We can't. Don't tell us. Them. But uh, Luminez is a is a killer ongoing game. Slay the Spire, I think, is a very easy game to get a ton of sure. value out of. Um, and roguelikes in general, maybe, maybe roguelikes are, are where you should head. Yeah, Rogue Legacy might be a good one for you to check out. Yeah, um, uh, Flint Hook. Flint Hook, Enter the Gungeon. Yeah, all all really great great games that you can just keep playing forever. Mm. Um, is, is, is difficulty a problem though? Maybe if a game's be. difficult, is that you know giving you a pushback? Yeah, that's also. Yeah. I mean, that's that's why I went straight for Donut County. Is there's almost no difficulty yeah. issues. It's. Just, I would say yeah, you're right. Donut County, Apple Arcade, Luminous. Yeah. yeah. Slay this buyer. Nice. Great. Great. Um, thank you so much, Monty. Um, so, sorry, not Monty. <laughs> Ethan. Monty's your dad's name. Ethan. Um, I wonder why he would call himself anyway. <laughs> hey, did we lo- did we record an episode um, since October the third? You are tough to yes. Oh, we, we already talked about this one. Race the sun, didn't we? We did. Yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah. Don't worry about it. 
Yeah. Shouts to Patrick. Thanks, Patrick. Yeah. It was a good email. Was, I, I, I came so close to reading it again. I hope you're out there racing the sun. If you want to email us, you can. All the small games at gmail.com. We love answering your questions, getting your recommendations, just chatting about indie games on the show. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can hear us again every single week, every single Monday, unless I decide to move house again. And yeah. let me tell you, if I do move house again, it will not be my decision. <laughs> right. I was going to be like, why would you do that? It's hell. Um, just become an actual house flipper. There you go, Ethan. Move house. <laughs> yeah, you won't have time to play games. Yeah, I have exactly. these horrible thoughts. Yeah. Uh, if you want to find us online, you can. Facebook.com slash all the small games or at all the small game on Twitter. John is at 16 tacos. I'm at that Lev dog on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and of course, I've got two other podcasts. Hey, fam and serious issues. They're both really good, too. Yeah. Um, open your ears open your heart and most of all open that wallet spend some money on some motherfucking indie games see you next week
subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.